This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Tuesday edition of Round Ball Stew on NBC Sports Edge. With me, as always, my co-host, Jared Johnson. Jared, I'm a little bit under the weather today. I, I think I took the appropriate amount of decongestants to not sound nasally and horrible, but we'll find out together over the course of the next 30 to 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, Jared, okay. let's begin Let's begin with injury and DMP headlines. Unfortunately, we must begin with Colin Sexton. News, sure enough, confirmed, tore his left meniscus during Sunday's game. Brutal. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to get into highs. We're going to get into lows. We're going to have a lightning round where you react to things. You wrote about Colin Sexton in the week ahead, your Monday column. Do you do you want to just refer people to that column? Yeah, I, I touched in it more in depth in that column, but there's there's honestly not a ton to say there. I think that his usage is pretty much going to be divvied up around players that are already rostered basically everywhere. At the time of writing the column, Ricky Rubio was rostered in 64% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, has that gone up at all? Yep, he's up to 71. I think that should be a lot higher, but 71%, <laughs> not going to help anyone with that. Yeah, I think that essentially equates to 100 percent roster rate right. because there are just some ghost leagues out For there sure. some leagues that were drafted that don't play out so any you know take those with a grain of salt bump it up a good 15 20 percent but yeah there's not i mean it's pretty much rubio who benefits the most i think that yeah it gets distributed amongst the starters i mean maybe osman who's consistently disappointing i don't know <laughs> i think it's rubio and and the rest of the guys pretty much Maybe a Coro. I don't. Yeah, Garland gets a boost. I think a Coro, but with a Coro, like they've experimented with him being more of a, a producer, you know, especially on ball, and it hasn't gone all that well. So it remains to no. be seen whether that's even a benefit having him with the ball in his hands more often. Right. Jalen Brown also ruled out one to two weeks with a strained hamstring. Uh, again, another thing. So I, I'd recommend anyone listening go check out the week ahead. That's Jared's column. Comes out every Monday. Gets you ready for the week ahead. Helps you set lineups. Pick up some of those sneaky streamers stuff like that. So uh, we're not going to get too into the weeds on Jalen Brown, Colin Sexton, anything like that. I do want to talk about, however, as another another unfortunate headline uh, coming out of Monday. Nikola Jokic. Uh, I think he's 100% getting suspended after, if you didn't see it, uh, <laughs> yeah, he probably. basically tackled Mark. Markeith Morris took a cheap shot in the open court to, you know, prevent a transition bucket. And Jokic took offense to it and immediately sort of did a football tackle on him from behind. Mm. Uh, it, it was a blindside shot. So I, I can't imagine. A little bit of an Oscar nomination from Mr. Morris there. But I agree with you. It's most likely going to be a suspension. Yeah. 
So prepare for <laughs> prepare for that for sure. It seems inevitable that the Joker's going to miss time. It's unfortunate, but you know, if you want to find a, a silver lining, maybe you know he gets a little bit of extra rest early in the season, prevents the need for Denver to rest him with the DMP anyway. So uh, short term, I think. Jamichael Green might benefit, but this leads me nicely into a pickup of the day from our colleague Jonas Nader, who writes, There are a lot of good pickups tonight, but most guys like Furkan Korkmaz, Georges Niang, Josh Hart, and Davion Mitchell are likely gone in competitive leagues. But if they aren't, you know what to do. Instead, let's focus on someone rostered in only 2% of leagues, and that's Jeff Green. Players his age don't normally move that well, but he's the exception. He clearly has a lot left in the tank, and the Nuggets are going to need it, with Michael Porter Jr. out for the foreseeable future, in quotes, with a back injury. On top of that absence, Nikola Jokic could be suspended a game or two. Green only had 13 points, two boards, and a triple on Monday, but Jonas was more enamored with his workload of 33 minutes. And if we go back to look at what he did with the Nets last season, it's clear that there's upside here. Jonas writes, I also like Jamichael Green for one or two game stream, depending on Jokic's status, but Jeff is my preferred pickup. Very nice take as usual from Jonas Nader for some cheap deep league value over the next couple days for more pickups of the day every single day of the week get the season tools on NBC Sports Edge all right now we're getting into our swish portion of this show which is positive outcomes from Monday's game and we've got a lot of them today Jared I'll start with Andre Drummond who is coming off I mean he had what 25 rebounds last night and he was the first player since Charles Barkley to do that in a Sixers uniform. Wow, that is surprising, given that Embiid plays for that team. Yeah, what do you, what do you make of of uh, Drummond over the next, you know, short term, long term? I mean, we saw him start the season, and when Embiid is healthy, I think we agree he can't be rostered. I don't know about can't be rostered. He's had a handful of good games, even as a backup, especially with the boards, and, and uh, I mean that's predominantly where his value comes from yeah he's hit and miss but uh clearly he's going to be a stud over this next couple weeks it seems that Embiid had indeed tested positive because uh for coronavirus because doc rivers said that he was feeling similar to tobias so probably a two-week absence for him it's going to be a 10-day quarantine then you got to ramp up to speed tends to be two weeks uh same Mm -hmm. and with both him and tobias harris out i mean it's the drum and show in philly for now yeah, and anyone quick enough to the to the waiver wire to get him is loving life right now. Uh, I mean, Philly is just ravaged. Danny Green is back. He played very well on Monday, so I, I'd say also grab him. Tends to be a guy kind of like Nicholas Batum, who is great in nine cat, but pretty boring. So you, you can find him on a surprising amount of waiver wires. Green maybe even more so. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm definitely down with getting him with. You know, Harris, Isaiah Joe, Matisse Thibel still in health and safety protocols, and obviously Simmons. Definitely value there, especially if you're in DFS. Give this lineup a long look. Doc Rivers said that he's going to expand his rotation to 10 players for tonight's game against the Bucks. He said, I don't know who that 10 is, but we have to. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't have time to break down all the possibilities here, but just know that there's plenty of DFS value out there. Brandon Clark, we saw, he was out of the rotation for the Grizzlies recently, but he had a game-clinching tip-in. He looked awesome down the stretch. Now, this comes with the caveat that Jaron Jackson Jr. was in foul trouble, and it was a bad matchup for Steven Adams. But 
What do you take away from this, if anything? I don't take much. He had a really good game. Um, he's been consistently inconsistent throughout his career. There's an extremely large data set of him being consistently inconsistent. I guess that he was okay his rookie year. He didn't do much last year. And again, uh, he did this. Sure, I'll give him credit for a good game. He got some extended minutes because Zaire Williams was out. And also because Jaron Jackson Jr. fouled out early in the overtime period, which allowed him to come back in the game and pad his stats a little bit more. He's Brandon Clark. He's not going to win you leagues. He'll probably put up a scoreless performance with zero stats on his next outing. So uh, I don't think that this is a guy you run to the waiver wire to pick up, despite his good performance. So you're much you're much harsher. And I'm skeptical that this will lead to much because, right, it seems like a a kind of one-off, but it's a good reminder that Clark, and you know, you said consistently inconsistent. I think most of that stems from playing time. Uh, When he does, when he has gotten reliable minutes, he's actually pretty good and he's efficient enough that he doesn't need a ton of run to help you in 8-cat, 9-cat. So if he were to get even like 22 minutes a game, I'd consider him a low-end possibility. I don't see that in the cards. He's averaging 14.3 minutes a game. This is like when people used to say, only if Warrior Hibbert could get 36 minutes. It's not happening. Well, it's always the case with that, right? And then, <laughs> yeah. And to, to extend that, sometimes people look at per 36-minute stats, and it's like, well, hate it. if someone is producing something in 14 minutes off the bench, there's no way they're going to extrapolate that to 36 minutes, or most players. It's a, yeah, it's a false... False extrapolation. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're very welcome, Jerry. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're a team on the Tuesday pod. Um, but so Jaron Jackson Jr., one interesting wrinkle, he did play a lot of center. And after the, after the game, Coach Taylor Jenkins said, quote, he was asked about that. And he said, the game is revealing a lot to us, end quote. So bit of a bit of a, you know, mis- mystifying uh, quote there. But I think clearly he's going to play JJJ more at center. Hurt Stephen Adams for sure, so I'm I'm very concerned hearing that as a Stephen Adams manager. Moving on, we've got Lamarcus Aldridge. I know you've been pretty high on him. Uh, you know I'm skeptical that he can do much, and DMPs and back-to-back sets are going to be annoying. Although I believe he played in both. Yep. To start this week, so. Yeah, give me give me your take on him. I mean, is he a guy you're rostering? It's such a feel good story. Like I'm just happy about it, whether or not I want him on my fantasy roster. Uh, I don't think I actually have him anywhere, but uh, he's been putting up steady late round value on the year: twelve points, five point two boards, one point two blocks, efficient shooting, and just zero point eight turnovers. I think that he can be a key part of this team. Uh, they need that third option, which they don't really have outside of Aldridge with Kyrie Irving probably not going to play this season. Uh, so the opportunity is there, and um, I think that he can do it. Uh, he, re- he was forced into retirement, and mm-hmm. he uh, has been medically cleared, and, and this is a guy who is a however-many-time all-star. Um, he's mm-hmm. very savvy <laughs> out there. He, he can get his numbers, you know? Yeah, he's one of his numbers is 36, which is his age. So that's why I'm kind of skeptical. I mean, another number is 20, which is how many minutes he's averaging. And and I mentioned the, the DMPs. So, you know, I'm skeptical. I don't think there's any upside really to speak of. He's a low-end value, but he's also shooting 63% from the field. That's not going to last. Um, but whatever. Great. I, I love seeing him out there. It's fun watching him operate on the post again. Uh, his... Yeah, bizarre and and unique kind of mid range game is is a lot of fun. So, 
happy to see him out there. <laughs> uh, another guy I was happy to see out there, Anthony Davis, because we didn't even know if he was going to play. He had uh, an illness that took him out this weekend, and he's playing through a sprained right thumb that was apparently pretty nasty. And yet, he piles up 32, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, 5 blocks. Absolute monster line. Yeah. You know, Russell Westbrook had another stat-heavy line, uh, counting stat-wise. Without LeBron, these these two guys look like different fantasy players. I mean, to no one's surprise, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, AD was incredible last night. He, towards the end of the game, I think it was close to a gl- game-clinching basket. Um, and OT, he just hit this basically fadeaway turnaround in the post kind of like almost behind the <laughs> backboard and swished it. Yeah, I mean, we all know who AD is. He's incredible. So good. You know, one thing I didn't have on uh, on our agenda today, but I do want to quickly mention is Carmelo Anthony. He scored 29 points off the bench, 9 of 13 shooting, 7 of 10 from deep. And there's been a lot of hand-wringing with the Lakers. You know, AD gets hurt, LeBron is injured, Westbrook struggles. There's just the general age and tenor of this team is not great. But Carmelo Anthony is a bright spot, man. His his career looked dead in the water a couple of years ago. And here he is averaging 18 points on 50% shooting. He's 52% from deep on very high volume. I love it. Like again, I'm it seems like suspended disbelief. Those percentages are gonna gonna come back to earth at some point, but I, I love it. It's just fun to watch. And every three he hits, the Lakers bench is enthusiastic. So nice, nice to have something to root for. And those numbers have actually been good enough for top 30 value. So there you go. No. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's putting up top 30 value. Goodness gracious. All right. Well, I missed the boat on that one. I would have, for, for, all, <laughs> for all the world, told people to go nowhere near Carmelo on draft day. So can't win them all. <laughs> all right. We may have buried the lead here. Stephen Curry scored 50 points in a win versus the visiting Hawks. I mean, nothing surprises me anymore, but... It doesn't make it any less incredible when he does it. Uh, 14 of 28 from the field, 9 of 19 from deep, 13 of 13 at the line. This is a guy like all the, you know, non-basketball move, you know, is no no longer a foul kind of stuff. Hasn't affected Steph because that was never his game to begin with. Right. Uh, He's just so good. 10 dimes, 7 boards, 3 steals, a block, 2 turnovers. Any commentary necessary here, Jared? Stephen Curry has been so good for so long that when he does stuff like this, you just expect it and you almost shrug. And that's a credence to his career and who he is as a player. He's having an incredible season again. I believe he's ranked number two overall. Mm -hmm. He had gone on a a four-game stretch of only scoring 20 points, and I think that was the longest such stretch since like 2019 or possibly even further back than that this guy's a monster so much fun to watch i'm i'm making yeah. it a priority you know when i'm flipping through league pass i'm trying to land on warriors games as much as i can because watching steph in his prime is an absolute treat real quick here also steph has not like aside from last night's game he had not been playing particularly well draymond green has been all right and the warriors are just world beaters how many yeah. games have they lost two I want to say one, but maybe they lost another one since I last checked. That is what impresses me the most about what they've been doing this season. Just to a quick aside from fantasy, the way that they're racking up these wins despite the semi-inconsistent production of Curry thus far. Obviously, uh, that 50-point game was a 
you know, you know that he's not going to be shooting the way he was uh, prior to that, but. I love watching them play. And, and obviously goes without saying they're and they are nine and one, in fact. And there you go. And that's wow. obviously without Clay Thompson yet. And without yeah. the services of James Wiseman, like there's so much more there potential you here. You're right. It's absolutely incredible. So good yeah. on them. Um, Steph did have a big wrap on his left shoulder and he was checked out by trainers during this game. Obviously, he erased any concerns with the way he played after that. But <laughs> something just to keep in the back of your mind. D'Angelo Russell had also had a very good night. Uh, he exploded, scored a season high. What, do you, what did you make of his performance? I know you watched uh, most, if not all, of that game. Yeah, he looked really good. Um, his shot was finally falling, which is not something that's been happening to this point this year. And uh, I think we mentioned this last week, how uh, last week he was, it was awful. He was, he was uh, down with the ankle injury, and this was his first game back from that, and he saw the explosion that we were talking about. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if he comes out and shoots 5 of 20 in the next mm-hmm. one. <laughs> but, exactly. Uh, he's, he's a streaky player. And um, streaky doesn't mean bad, good, bad, good. It means that he could also go on a five-game streak of just being incredible. So, you guys know what to do. This is an opportunity to sell high if he uh, is able to string together some good games. Because um, those percentages aren't pretty. <laughs> No, you took the words right out of my mouth. He he's up, he's down. That's who he is. So enjoy it, enjoy it when you get it. Mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly started despite D'Angelo Russell being there. He posted another kind of low end line. He's putting up some eight cat, nine cat value in typical Pat Bev fashion. And usually the problem for him is is staying healthy. Um, you know, he's he's on the waiver wire still. I think in most of my leagues, and I, I continue to pass him over. I, I just have no. I guess the steals are nice, but otherwise, I I don't trust him. Fair enough. I think that uh, yeah, more of like a fourteen team guy. It's yeah. it's hard to imagine having a player you'd want to cut for Patrick Beverly and most twelve team links. But hey, there's some value there, and uh, he did get that start. So if he's starting and healthy, that's the ability for him to have some low end value. Yeah, he's a guy I tend to pass over because I'm, you know, I'm scouring the wire for rest of season upside, that kind of thing. Right. So I pass him over and yet maybe he's a guy who wins you a category or two in the next couple of weeks and that can be that can be valuable too and then you cut him for upside. So not a not a bad addition if you if you need a, a guard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the crave. And when the crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 bacon bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, before we get to some lowlights from Monday's games, downloading the NBC Sports Predictor app. Powered by PointsBet, you can enter this week's free NBA pick-and-roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we're highlighting matchups between the Cavaliers and Wizards, Raptors and Celtics, Knicks and Bucks, all on Wednesday. If you do not have the Predictor app yet, go download it now. And in fact, Jared, I did just that. <laughs> I knew that I was going to be uh, reading about the NBC Sports Predictor app, so I downloaded it and I, I set... It's basically a fancy parlay where you just choose, you know, uh, how many assists will the Raptors have? 20 or more or 25 or more, that kind of thing. And if you hit all eight, you have a chance to win $50,000. So... <laughs> I love those bets. <laughs> it's pretty cool, and it is actually free. It's not a it's not a bait and switch. Oh, nice for, for anyone listening. Fun. So, uh, <laughs> figured I'd throw that in there. All right, uh, now to some down news. This doesn't quite qualify as bad because Nikhil Alexander Walker actually had a pretty decent game last night. However, he's still destroying your field goal percentage, Jared. He's shooting thirty five point five percent on fifteen and a half attempts per game. It's one of the worst percentage impacts in the entire league. I can get to some positives here, but just give me your feelings on his percentages. Is there a, is there a potential for him to bounce back from this or is this kind of who he is? Here's the potential for him to ba- bounce back is that for through his first two years in the league, um, he was shooting 34.7% from distance, which is like a little bit below average, but still solid, uh, reasonable. And uh, this season on 7.9 attempts, which is a career high, he's shooting just 25.3% from three. Uh, I highly doubt that he's a 23% shooter from distance for the entire mm-hmm. year. Uh, so you bring that number up, which is about where a little bit over half of his shots are coming from. Uh, then maybe you can get into the 40, the low 40s. I don't think that he's going to be a guy that's great for your percentages. But if he gets that up to the low 40s, then he's a lot easier to deal with. And the counting stats have been there. It's just the percentages have been brutal. But it can only get better from here, I feel like. And one thing I think that would help him immensely is the return of Zion Williamson, because the Pelicans yeah. need more playmaking. And Zion was awesome passing the ball at the end of last season. And he's just such a, he has such gravity in terms of sucking in defenses and creating open shots for teammates yes. that combined with his passing ability, I think is going to really help Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And if you watch him play, a lot of his shots are horrible. He's just like the the skill is there, the athleticism is there, but man, the the decision making is not. Like he's just taking some brutally tough shots, and he can make some of them. It's one of those traps where like sometimes he'll make one, and you think, wow, like there he goes. Like I don't know, terrible example, but like a young Jamal Crawford, like he can do it, but it doesn't mean he should. And right. I think some of that is just going to get ironed out throughout the course of the season. Right. You get Zion back. So I think there's upside here. I had an interesting question uh, on Twitter. In fact, from the host of Sports Center Brazil, um, this would be 
Nikhil Alexander-Walker or Desmond Bain? Who would you prefer rest of season? Huh. I think that, uh, I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker offers more upside, but Bain Mm -hmm. has a safer floor with a reasonable amount of upside. That's a a pretty good one. I know. I thought so. I guess I would lean towards Bain, but I don't think you'd be wrong if you picked Alexander-Walker. I think kind of the same thing. Um, First of all, thanks, Felipe Mata, for this good question. I I think, right, Bain has a safer floor. I am worried about Dylan Brooks' impact. You know, I think most of the edge crew assumes that DeAnthony Melton will be the one heading to the bench, but that doesn't mean it's not going to hurt Bain with a high-usage teammate inserted back in the starting five. So, yeah, I kind of lean toward Alexander Walker here just for the upside factor. Yeah, I'm not too. I'm not ter- terribly concerned about what happens with Bain. I mean, he's a guy that okay. can really just get his points on catch and shoot stuff, and and you absolutely need that. Um, and he's highly efficient, so uh, yeah. he's not a guy that needs a ton of shots. Uh, just real quick on Nikhil Alexander Walker's shooting. So thirty-seven point three percent of his shots are coming with a tightly contested. And um, only 20, 26.6% are open. So should Zion come back, that should uh, not only help out that, but also take away some of these bad shot opportunities <laughs> from him. I am um, a bit concerned about whether or not Zion can come back in general, though. Ooh, yeah, a topic for another pod. Right. All right, let's see. You, you wanted to question whether Tyler Hero was cooling off in November. And I guess my reaction to that is, like, sort of. <laughs> I mean, he's had two really good games and two kind of bad games. That seems like more who he is. Right. So, in that ter- in that sense, yes. And I do think that there was a fantastic trade high moment in late October when he was just, you know, through the roof and everyone has sort of stars in their eyes thinking about what could be. Um, but I, I also don't think that the trade high window is closed. So... I'm fine making offers. If you could pull a top 60 guy, then to me, that's a no-brainer. Um, you know, I might even go top 80, something like that. Mm-hmm. Just because now, to be clear, I'm not concerned whatsoever about Victor Oladipo returning. Oh, that no. doesn't give me pause. And I think Hero's in a beautiful, sustainable spot. He's doing things off the bench that are, you know, he's, he's making heat history. However, he's got deep flaws as an 8-cat, 9-cat player, and they come on the defensive end. He's played 315 minutes so far this season with three steals, and he still doesn't have a block. I I highlighted that at the end of last week's episode. He's now up to 315 minutes, zero blocks, and three steals. That is very, very bad. So (laughs) for that reason alone, as I said, if I'm an 8-cat, 9-cat, and I could pull a top 75 guy for him, I'm probably making that switch. Right. Uh, and pretty much a lot of his value because of the lack of de- defensive stats has been the significant uptick in assists this year. Um, but that was also down slightly uh, through November. So October, six games, he was at 4.5 dimes. And four games in November, he's down to 3.3. Um, and uh, he, he was shooting the lights out like in the first handful of games. And I don't know. Um, I, I think that... It seems like he, he was top 50-ish when he started, and I think he's more top 75. Still a solid player. There you go. But, yeah, um, yeah not, not as good as 
it was it was going to be. If you hold on to him, you're still going to be thrilled at the end of the at the end of the day because of because of where you drafted him. And I do think to your point about his dimes, I believe that he had a nine dime game that came while while Kyle Lowry was out. So that that may have given him a bit of an illusory boost early on. True. Did I say that word right? Illusory. You always use words that are <laughs> I need a thesaurus <laughs> for. So, okay. well, anyway. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So, Ner- Nerlens Noel returned from a back injury only to leave with a sore right knee. He tried to return to the game. He exited again. It seems minor, but with Noel, it's always like, can he stay on the court? He seems to have all the all of these kind of sympathetic injuries, where one injury leads to him overcompensating and injuring something else. Um, what do you, what do you make of Noel? Is he a guy you're ever interested in having on your roster or is he worth picking up if someone caught him after this latest setback? I like him a lot more in roto leagues than I like him in head to head leagues. Um, but the fact that it's that right knee again, which is why he didn't play to start the season and didn't he miss all of training Mm -hmm. camp in the preseason and he couldn't come back in the game. That's highly concerning to me. It's not like this guy has had a really successful career of staying on the court. Um, the upside yeah. is there. He's kind of boring. He, you know, the shot blocks, the shot blocking numbers are nice. He doesn't do a ton outside of that, which is why I prefer him in roto settings as opposed to head to head. But what if, what if he's per 36 minutes are great, Jared? What if he were to play 48 minutes? No, I'm <laughs> no. kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you there. Um, now, Mitchell Robinson would be a beneficiary of Noel's absence, but Mitch Robb is out himself with a hip flexor injury. We're uncertain, you know, how long that might keep him out. I don't think we've had many details there. Um, so this this may sound pessimistic, but let's say Mitch Robb comes back. He's he's full steam ahead. We saw him even early in the season without Noel not doing very much. Uh, so, you know, he hasn't scored more than 11 points all season. He only has a steal in three out of 10 games. He's shooting 58% at the free throw line. He's averaging 1.2 assists. Now, he's shooting 83% from the field, which is ridiculous, but he's only attempting three and a half shots a game. So the impact is... They're all dunks. ...is super low. Well, right. He, I don't think he's attempted a shot outside of a foot. So, oh, okay. It's not a shot. Yes, yeah. he's dunking 82% exactly. of the... <laughs> um, but so I guess the question then is, is he a block specialist or is there any hope that he can have a bigger role? He's a shot blocking specialist. You know what? I'm going to one up you and say that you said we hadn't seen a lot um, before Noel got back. I'm going to say we haven't seen a lot through four years of him being in the league. There was one stretch two years ago. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, the stretch was 9.7 points, seven boards and two blocks. Cool. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a Z score thing where his, the weight that we put on blocks is extremely elevated and that's where all of his value comes from. Uh, he's like a much worse miles Turner. I don't, I don't, I've never, I don't get the, infa- I don't get the infatuation with this guy. I don't think he's that great. He's at 1.6 blocks per game, uh, 7.2 points, 8.4 boards. I wouldn't be surprised if those are his numbers throughout the entire season. He may finish in the top 60 due to shot blocking numbers, but that's not real top 60 value in my opinion. It's fake top 60 value. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like it. 
All right, so moving on, let's get to, I think, uh, the lightning round, Jared. Are you, are you ready? Woo! I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, so li- lightning round. I'm going to make statements, say things. Jared's going to reply quickly. I might reply again. There are no rules. We're, we're just going to keep keep moving. Lots of topics, lots of names. We're going to start out with Carl Anthony Towns. He hit a 39-foot buzzer-beating three-pointer to send Monday's game to overtime. It was the longest shot to tie or take the lead in the fourth quarter or overtime since Jeremy Lamb hit a 48-footer in 2019, which I vividly remember because I was watching it. That comes courtesy of Basketball Reference. Thanks for that. Jared. Stud. Stud. Top five. The cat is back. Cat is back. All right. I love it. Buddy Heald started for Tyrese Halliburton, who had lower back tightness. Heald fared well, but it's day to day for Halliburton. So is this no big deal? Overperforming, in my opinion, but uh, probably sustainable. He looks great. Follow up question. Would a trade help or hinder Buddy Heald? A trade outside of Sacramento, I believe, would be wonderful for his value. No, a, a trade within Sacramento. A trade. <laughs> yes. Um, and Terrence Davis was solid off, off the bench with 13 points and three threes, but not right. much there. Julius Randle exploded again, I suppose. 31 points, 12 rebounds, five triples, three assists, and a steal. Real deal. Yeah, that's about it. Second second All-Star coming, coming right up for him? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right. Uh, RJ Barrett double-doubled 15 points, 10 rebounds, also had four assists and a pair of triples and a block. What are we What are we thinking of him this season? I've been impressed. I wish that there was more defensive stats, but he's been uh, exceeding my expectations. Yeah. And uber durable, which is one of the reasons I targeted him in, in many leagues. Uh, and seems to, each of the past two years, he, he comes back better than he was the year before. So I love kind of putting a flag next to players like that who clearly are putting in the work in the offseason and addressing parts of their game. So I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back, uh, maybe not Gary Trent Jr. turnaround style as a steals machine, but at least gets a couple of them for you. Okay, Kevin Durant scored 38 points in a Nets loss. Rather than talk about James Harden's struggles, which I chalk up to him not being in good condition because he seems to have like taken the entire offseason off to rest his hamstring, uh, let's talk about how good KD has been. One one stat I will throw you to cue you up here is that KD has extended his franchise record of games scoring 20 plus points to begin a season to 11. It's the longest streak of team games with 20 plus points to start a season in Kevin Durant's career. Best isolation score possibly of all time. Ooh, okay. We're going into an ISO goat area. That's yeah. I mean, if you look at the numbers, there's no, there's nothing you can do to stop this man. He has every move in his bag. He has the Dirk one-legged fadeaway turnaround. He has mm-hmm. to pull up from three. He can pull up from the logo. He can get to the rim. And you know what? I am so happy to see this man back on the court after that Achilles tear. He's really the second player to do it. And uh, I hope that Clay can do the same thing. Yeah, truly, unlike some some other players you watch hit tough buckets and, and, you know, pure shooters, this and that, and Steph has a lot of this in him, but sometimes you watch KD do things, and I'm like, nobody could possibly defend that. Mm-hmm. Like, if he can dribble to his spot and do, as you said, that, that one-legged fadeaway, nobody can defend it. It's just he either makes it or he misses it. It's up to him. Point yeah. guard skills. So it's good. Incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. What a, what a joy. Um Alex Caruso had another solid low-end stat line. I think you wanted to talk about that. I find it 
<laughs> about as boring as it gets. Hey, um, come on now. Look at those steals <laughs> numbers. Come on. No, I agree. He's steals, dimes. I love him. He's playing great. I feel like you could just copy paste his line game after game, <laughs> which could. is fine. It's, hey, it's decent. It's not, you know, I'm not going to say it's not league winning with the steals numbers he's racking up. He's a one category okay. stud with some dimes. Yeah. That works. What I am more interested in off the Bulls bench in the backcourt, Ayo Dosumu, mm -hmm. who had 15 points last night, 6 of 10 shooting, 7 rebounds. I had picked him up in a 30-team league. You did. Uh, the moment Patrick Williams went down, I was like, this could be something. Good call. He's looked good. Like, I watched him play, and I'm like, you know, he's got something. And Coach Billy Donovan kept talking him up, so I was like, okay, let's see what happens. And then after last night's game, in which Ayo played quite well, Donovan said, it's all about his makeup. He's got the it factor. He does. He's going to impact and influence the game, yeah. which leads me to believe that he could get minutes even when Kobe White returns. Is that crazy? No, I don't think it's crazy at all. Uh, they, they need, uh, basically, when DeMar shifted to power forward, there's plenty of minutes there. Uh, so, yeah, mm. great call by you. Uh, you were the first to that waiver wire pickup in, a, in an incredibly deep league. Yeah, he, he's, he's been impressive. That might be it, though. Incredibly deep league. Go get him. But yeah. mm, 14 or shallower, it's just a, just a fun thing to watch. He's really fun to watch, though. So yeah. if you're on League Pass and the Bulls are on, check it out. DeMar DeRozan silencing doubters. He had another 28 points on efficient scoring, four boards, three dimes, and a steal. Blowing away my expectations. Would you say the same? Yeah. When is he not going to be good? I mean, he's 32, and it doesn't seem like he's slowing down at all. Uh, his scoring is up from last season. Um the mm. dimes are down, whatever. Um, he, he's shooting 50%. This guy's really freaking good, man. Like, he could be headed <laughs> for another... He could be headed for another All-Star game. Um, I think he is. Yeah, so... Wow. I mean... Play, playing so exceptionally hard. well. Th there was a lot of skepticism when Chicago signed him about the money they gave him, the, the fit, all that stuff. But he's proven to be a beautiful offensive release valve makes life much easier for Levine mm -hmm. when they need a bucket down the stretch DeRozan can go get it and I think to your point about his age you know first of all he still has his athleticism but even as it fades he's so sneaky and shifty and his pump fake like he'll get to the line six times a game from now until he's 50 if he wanted to because defenders cannot resist biting on his pump fake so he's got he's got a bag full of tricks that'll help him age gracefully is it DeRozan or DeRozan I always say DeRozan. Maybe I know. I, maybe I've been saying it wrong. <laughs> I feel like it's DeRozan. My whole life. <laughs> I've just tried to look is. it up on basketball, uh, basketball reference and they don't have a phonetic pronunciation. Yeah, it's regional, let's just say. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Depends which team he plays for. Okay. All right, who else do we need to talk about? Jalen Brunson comes off the bench, still plays a ton, had a nice game. I'm not looking at the box score. I think he shot 7 of 10, had 17 points. Something like that. Mm -hmm. But he's a favorite of Jason Kidd. Do you buy into this at all? I mean, I, I picked him up in a couple leagues. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a believer. Yeah, uh, just the amount of minutes he's getting. Uh, basically, uh, I think in November it's been consistently in the 30s, despite him coming mm -hmm. off the bench. Kidd clearly loves this guy, uh, and, and a guy who's earning 30 minutes a night and is capable of. He is consistently putting up the stats to back up the minutes. So mm -hmm. uh, I wish that I would have grabbed him in a bit more leagues because uh, he's playing really well. Yeah. Uh, all right. We, we are going to get into the ultra lightning round phase where we go legitimately quick okay. instead of what I was doing, which is not very quick. <laughs> um, 
If Brandon Ingram misses more games with a bruised right hip, do you prefer Garrett Temple or Josh Hart? Josh Hart. Nice. Same here. Kyle Lowry's first steal tied him with Latrell Sprewell for 72nd on the NBA's all-time list. What do you make of that, Jared? Cool. He's old. I think he shot 0 of 8, too. Next. (laughs) (laughs) He did. I just wanted to say Latrell Sprewell. (laughs) Is Will Barton's production sustainable? Uh, I am highly skeptical. Okay. Should you roster Gary Payton II for his steals alone? I do think so, yeah. I guess I'm a sucker for steals, but mm, man, 12-team deep league, 14, definitely, definitely anything over 14, yeah. Okay. Aiton is out. I, I think you favored JaVale McGee as a low-end pickup just for blocks. I think I'm a Frank Kaminsky guy. Do you, do you see that at all, or are you sticking with JaVale? Either or. Either or. Okay, Clint Clint Capella, off to a bit of a slow start. Is this just kind of the new reality for him this season, or do you see him improving? I think that he shall improve, and I think this is a buy-low opportunity on Mr. Clint Capella. All right. DeAndre Hunter, very hit or miss. Ditto for Cam Reddish. We talked about them a couple weeks ago. We're trying to decide one or the other. I think I've settled on neither. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. (laughs) Oh, there you go. the, The Hawks are just too deep. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Okay, let's see. Uh, you know, there's a couple other topics, nothing too big. Kelly Oubre Jr. showed up with another lousy game after a solid game on Sunday. He's kind of alternating good-bad. The minutes were down on Monday. I'm very concerned here. No longer a full believer. What are you, what are you feeling about Oubre Jr.? It's, it's not going to happen. There's too much depth. There's not enough minutes. And um, once P.J. Washington comes back, his minutes are going to dip again. Got it. And then we're going to close out on one final question. This one comes from my childhood friend, Greg Santos. Devin Vassell and RJ Hampton. Both guys have real appeal, but their most recent couple games haven't been eye-popping. Is it urgent to snag one or both as stashes before a blow-up happens, if you even think it will? And who do you like better? Vassell. I think that there's more upside there. Um, And a clearer path to minutes, whereas Hampton... Uh, I did grab him in one of my Roto Leagues because uh, I think they're both reasonable stashes. I'm going to go with Vassal. I'm with you too. Speaking of pronunciations, it is Vassell, just so you know. Vassell, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and he's. Um, I think uh, I'm going with Vassell as well. Defensive stats are already there. He's getting solid minutes, looks much better offensively. Hampton does have that kind of blow-up appeal that maybe as the season goes on, he could do some stuff, but he's inefficient, not getting a ton of minutes right now. So, yeah, I'm going with Vassell. And on that note, Jared, unless you have anything else, I think we're going to get out of here. That's going to do it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Check back tomorrow for another edition of Round Ball Stew with Matt Straup and his guests on the 5x5 Whip Round episode. We'll see you next week. Adios. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 